In all fairyland, there is no more mischievous a person than Tanko Mankey, the Yellow Ryle. He flew through the city one afternoon, quite invisible to mortal eyes, but seeing everything himself, and noticed a figure of a wax lady standing behind a big plate glass window of Mr. Floman's department store. The wax lady was beautifully dressed, and extended in a stiff left hand was a card bearing the words, Rare Bargain. This stylish costume, imported from France, formerly priced twenty dollars, reduced only nineteen ninety-eight. This impressive announcement had drawn before the window a crowd of women shoppers who stood looking at the wax lady with critical eyes. Tanko Mankey laughed to himself the low, gurgling little laugh that always means mischief. Then he flew close to the wax figure and breathed twice upon its forehead. From that instant the dummy began to live, but so dazed and astonished was she at the unexpected sensation that she continued to stand stupidly staring at the women outside and holding out the placard as before. The Ryle laughed again and flew away. Anyone but Tanko Mankey would have remained to help the wax lady out of the troubles that were sure to overtake her. But this naughty elf thought it rare fun to turn the inexperienced lady loose in the cold and heartless world and leave it a shift for herself. Fortunately, it was almost six o'clock when the dummy first realized that she was alive, and before she had collected her new thoughts and decided what to do, a man came around and drew down all the window shades, shutting off the view from the curious shoppers. Then the clerks and cashiers and floor walkers and cash girls went home and the store was closed for the night, although the sweepers and scrubbers remained to clean the floor for the following day. The windows inhabited by the wax lady was boxed in like a little room, one small door being left at the side for the window trimmer to creep in and out of. So the scrubbers never noticed that the dummy, when left to herself, dropped a placard to the floor and sat down upon a pile of silks to wonder who she was, where she was, and how she happened to be alive. You must consider, dear reader, that in spite of her size and rich costume, in spite of her pink cheeks and fluffy yellow hair, this lady was very young, no older in reality than a baby born but half an hour. All she knew of the world was contained in the glimpse she had secured of the busy streets facing her window. All she knew of people lay in the actions of the group of women which had stood before her on the other side of the window pane, and criticized the fit of her dress or remarked upon its stylish appearance. So she had little enough to think about, and her thoughts moved somewhat slowly. Yet one thing she really decided upon, and that was not to remain in the window and to be insolently stared at by a lot of women who were not nearly so handsome or well-dressed as herself. By the time she reached this important conclusion, it was after midnight. But dim lights were burning in the big deserted store, so she crept through the door of a window and walked down the long aisles, pausing now and then to look with much curiosity at the wealth of finery confronting her on every side. When she came to the glass cases filled with trimmed hats, she remembered having seen upon the heads of the women in the street similar creations. So she selected one that suited her fancy and placed it carefully upon her yellow locks. I won't attempt to explain what instinct it was and made her glance into a nearby mirror to see if the hat was straight, but this she certainly did. It didn't correspond with the dress very well, but the poor thing was too young to have much taste in matching colors. When she reached the glove counter, she remembered that gloves were also worn by the women she had seen. She took a pair from the case and tried to fit them upon her stiff wax-coated fingers, but the gloves were too small and ripped in the seams, and then she tried another pair, and several others as well but hours passed before she finally succeeded in getting her hands covered with a pair of pea-green kids. Next, she selected a parasol from the large and varied assortment in the rear of the store. Not that she had any idea what it was used for, but other ladies carried such things, so she also would have one. When she again examined herself critically in the mirror, she decided her outfit was now complete.